0: Dial M from Monas. It's a Monus.
1: It's a Monus party.
0: party. <laughs> Yay! Hi Just everyone. kidding. We're not
1: talking about Morgana today. <laughs>
0: we could, though. We, we could absolutely one hundred percent could talk about Morgana and the Morgana voice forever. And and we probably will. We will. We absolutely will. As I continuously fiddle with the settings because I'm never truly satisfied the The downside of being an audio engineer, by technically by trade, <laughs> it's like it's not perfect. But hi, everyone! Welcome to the Skeleton Crew podcast, starring Sardo, the purple hi. and pink one, and me, the blue one, Strass. Uh, technically, it's more blue and white.
1: Uh, you're 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 like regular bone color, but you're wearing a blue jacket. Yeah.
0: Well, it, that's why I'm regular all the time, Strauss, and. Actually no, you're a regular all the time, Sardo, and I'm. What, wait, hold on. What did I say for it? Sorry, this is hard getting back to like my birthday this this year where I made a way too long slideshow presentation. If you rem- <laughs> you remember that 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 was that yeah. was long. And hold on, I I I still have it. it, it it's no, I was regular trash, and you were all the time Uncle Death. <laughs> yes. Yes. There we go. <laughs> That's not yeah, weird. you're
1: you're like normal nacho cheese flavor, and I'm like spicy chili. Not because like I'm I'm more interesting, but it's just it's it's a different I, flavor. I, I of would skeleton. say you're
0: more cool ranch Dorito flavored.
1: Oh uh, well, thank you.
0: I, I mean I like cool ranch Doritos.
1: I, I do too. I think they're pretty good. I,
0: I it's just because you are not super spicy. I mean sometimes our opinions are spicy, but I feel like. I don't know. Our spice, we need to have someone else other than ourselves gauge our spiciness levels.
1: Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how spicy I am. I'm not very, but we're, we're not here to talk about Doritos today. We're here to talk about something timely. Once again, good job, us. This yes. was your idea, Straws. <laughs> yes. so good job, you. Well,
0: in fairness, this, this was what, this ended up happening because God damn it, did I want this to happen? Uh, and we would have done this sooner, but I I I didn't watch this show until literally the day after we recorded, so we, we had to do a week. So anyway, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off came out the day we recorded, and then the next day I watched it. And I was like, and I quite literally was like, "Sorry, we're going to have to talk about this." <laughs> you
1: you messaged me like we we have to talk about this, I don't and I and did. there
0: was no. There was, there was no negotiation period. It's like, no. Yeah,
1: there was no, like, hey, this would be cool if it's, like, we're, we're talking about this. It's like,
0: okay. <laughs> it's like, no, we we have to talk about this. And after you watched it, I think you agree with me. Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was very interesting. So... It was actually kind of nice, but also, like, weird getting back to Scott Pilgrim, because... I remember it mostly from... I... I'm I'm a plebeian. I, I saw the live-action movie first before I read the graphic novels. No, I didn't. <laughs> I
0: did the opposite. Like a real turbo nerd.
1: I, I I saw the movie and it's like, okay, oh, there's there's comics. Oh, okay. These are cool. Actually,
0: this is uh, a good place to start. Really, I think. Uh, what is your relationship to, to both the movie and the comics?
1: So... Overall, I have to say, Scott Pilgrim is a period piece. It Scott is Scott Pilgrim is a period piece for people our, age. <laughs> it, our it, age. It is
0: slash slightly people who are thirty to like forty to like fifty years old.
1: It it is a time capsule for millennials, and I think it does an excellent job of capturing the. It's it's a period piece in the way that that so many others are. That it's like this is this is not grounded in realism what that's like but it's like it covers the more important thing that it's like this was the vibe of the times Mm -hmm. and and scott pilgrim was the feeling of like the early 2000s to the very early 2010s so i've i always liked scott pilgrim i i think it's interesting i think it's visually dynamic uh i was not originally a huge fan of brian Leomalley, the artist's comic style like it it took some time for it to kind of grow on me but i really like it
0: now in, in fairness to that his style changes a lot if you read the comic like the, it does the difference between how it looks in like the first book versus how it is in the, the last one yeah, it's very like night and day and it's a lot better. He probably be the first one to tell you that it's like, yeah, no, first book looks good. You know, it made it to print. Last book looks way better.
1: As with most artists, you improve and grow over time. And that shows in your work, especially when you're doing a sequential like art. a multi multi issue sequential series. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, for me, I read I heard of the movie but i read the the comics not for mm-hmm. any one particular reason and then cuz i just did and then <laughs> i w- watched the movie and my honest opinion of the movie just real quick is good movie very compromised adaptation
1: I wish I had read the comics first. In hindsight, I'm yeah. I'm sad that I didn't do that. I
0: I, I understand that because I had like a friend of mine saying about takes off was just like, oh you you don't you just need the movie and this. I'm like, no you don't. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't get that because like the movie really skips over a lot of very pertinent information and like time. Like one of the things a a different friend of mine in the same server said recently is like one of the things I liked about the comic is that it makes sense that like why Ramona and Scott are a couple because it's like they're dating throughout the comic book over like a full almost year of time.
1: Yeah, there's the movie is a lot more compressed and packed in and as such, it feels like everything goes way quicker than it should.
0: It it does also and takes off, but it, it takes off has like a lot of other stuff going on that we're gonna be talking about. Yes. And it, it makes a lot more sense when you play it. Go, and well I'm sorry, play it is for the video game, Scott Pickle versus a world the game. There, there's also a video game. Which is also which has very little to do with anything else, but is really good. It yeah, very well received and just a good game. I've played it. I've played it. And i it
1: the the other the other facet of I guess Scott Pilgrim in general as as a thing that exists is from a personal standpoint, I never found it super like relatable in terms of like, yeah, these are the people who are my friends, these are the people I would hang out with. And it's like and I don't need to, is is the first thing. Well, I think And I
0: I I think you you agree with me when I say this. Like one of the things that makes Scott Pilgrim sort of very like time capsule is that It's specifically a time capsule for like college age students. Yes, in like the early two thousands, and it's it's in that like
1: unsure transitory period where you're you're nineteen, twenty, maybe twenty three. You you. Got out of high school, you're and you don't know what you're doing with your life, but you you don't have that question of what is my life going to be? And and you're feeling kind of aimless. And that's something I do like about the the characters is that general sense of aimlessness and we're just kind of doing whatever the hell we need to do and, and in the given moment. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: it's also like this time period like before like smartphones, before like social media really became becomes a thing because mm-hmm. like one of the things i remember talking when talking about this with friends uh, outside of you because we actually haven't talked about it yet
1: <laughs> not a whole lot no
0: no no we've been saving it for literally this podcast so that this is the first and sardo conversation on scott pilgrim takes off because i know we've talked about scott pilgrim briefly here and there over the past year or so just because it kind of co- came up randomly huh. at times but like the thing with with Scott Pilgrim is like it's very much takes place in like major city the year 2000 and like 2 or so like it's a very specific time period before like cell phones become ubiquitous to everything in your life and well before social media starts like Twitter doesn't exist for another 4 years those Facebook, were simpler times. <laughs> they were simpler times in a sense. Where, like, also things were a lot more localized. Mm-hmm. And, like, the internet was different. So, like, the internet was still kind of niche and not, like, everyone's online. So, yeah, like, my relationship to the comic books is I like the comic books. I haven't read them in a while, but I still have an affection for them. Mostly because I feel I like the movie as, like, if I was to adapt the movie... Like it's visually and cast wise great, yeah. Everything like it's just the problem with it has more to do with the script than anything to do with the uh, really anything else.
1: The the movie the my chief beef with the movie is that it does become more more surface level and more quippy. And it's it's a lot of like funny goofy things kind of chained together and and there's still the overlying concept, but there's none of the underneath stuff that kind of not not to say that Scott Pilgrim is like super deep or profound, but yeah. I, I think there's there's a little more there in the comics that naturally, Kind of don't survive being made into a movie.
0: (laughs) The the problem with Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is the movie, not the uh, second volume of the comp, second book of the comic. Mm -hmm. The first one is actually Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, (laughs) is which is a great title, by the way. It is. Is that Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Like I said, is a very compromised adaptation that has to try to get basically six volumes of, like, and I believe six volumes of incomplete volumes, by the way, because if I remember correctly, the movie came out in, uh, 2010. To give everyone an idea here, Finest Hour, which is the final comic, came out the same year. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, it, it wasn't even done yet. <laughs> it wasn't even done yet. So a lot of, like, this stuff about Finest Hour doesn't really make it in, so it's it's a very compromised adaptation. I think Edgar Wright was the right director for it. Like, agreed. It, it what's frustrating about the movie is that there's a lot of things about it that are absolutely perfect. It's like the Yakuza movie in a way, but better. <laughs> and that uh, there's things about actually... it that is absolutely perfect, and then there are things that are not.
1: It it feels like somebody who has at least actually read the comics.
0: <laughs> yeah, unlike unlike the Yakuza movie where no, where the plot of that of that game is not in the movie, <laughs> kind of.
1: I I think Takashi Mike read a Wikipedia entry and and then forgot There's half Wikipedia of it and that was thing it.
0: Thing back in two thousand six.
1: I have no idea, but you know
0: what I mean. Yeah, it, it's like he read a summary that they gave him. <laughs> yeah. But this, like, Edgar Wright definitely likes Scott Pilgrim, and that's why he was part of uh, the production team for Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, which um, was different, and no one was ready. (laughs) First things first, it's kind of wild that this existed, because, like, Mm -hmm. the last time Scott Pilgrim got a new thing that wasn't, like, game-related was 2010 it's it's
1: been a long while and scott pilgrim has just
0: dare i say not been fashionable in quite a while can i say that well you know what's funny is that we're now in that like the 20-year cycle where like actually it is back to being like that time period is now back to being like considered fashionable
1: yeah it's it's kind of chic again yeah
0: which is really weird when it's your childhood it's like oh so this is what that feels like
1: like oh shit i remember going going to high school with girls who really wanted to be a ramona flowers <laughs> and now here we are
0: and, that, and it's, like, it's like oh god i remember dating people who wanted to be like who were like some of these people and it's really awkward yeah but, uh, yeah, so Scott Program Takes Off is an eight-episode series on Netflix uh, done by uh, Science Saru, is the animation studio. And we should first mention that this is not the first time we've ran into Science Saru. Do you remember the last time we, we ran into them?
1: Not ringing a bell. When was the last time?
0: Um, You should, because it made us cry. It's... Heikei Story! Oh my god! Well hey, two for two for science, Saru. (laughs) And and, and, as everyone should know by now, I will find a way to wedge Heikei Story in somewhere to tell you to go watch it. So go watch it. You should. You should also watch this too, because this was also quite good. But yeah, I would say, this is not, because I remember when this was announced, I was like, oh, cool. It's like, this was going to be an adaptation of the comic book, because the movie kind of is it, is and isn't at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, uh that's not what we got. In fact, what we got was Brandon Lee O'Malley saying, You already read the comic. You already saw the movie. You're not getting the Here's same. You're something thing different. Again. I added cheese this time. <laughs> and I respect him for that. No, because... I, like That's the first thing that, like, you know what? This is your chance to, like, maybe undo some of the problems with your comic book. aren't necessarily problems but are like things that i think people rightfully criticized and and it's like and and also a lot to talk so people i'm sorry
1: like briefly briefly because we we we've touched upon the movie and i want to say the movie especially also the comics there was a lot of stuff that was of its time there there was definitely some stuff where like i going back i i reread scott pilgrim not too long ago like mm-hmm. within the past 6 months and there was some stuff it's like oh yeah this was written in the early 2000s mm. and and also the movie and a lot of it here and it it's nice because it doesn't feel so much that it's like apologizing or like trying to mend it or act like it never happened as it's like yes this this was like the old material we're going to improve upon that and we're going to elaborate upon things a little more
0: well and we're going to add to really like expand upon it we should probably talk about why it's called scott pilgrim takes off and that's because the character scott pilgrim is ejected from his own story (laughs) and it's so good (laughs) (laughs) like i it was an episode one or two where that happens do you remember it's episode two. Yeah. And
1: I'm I'm not a virulent Scott Pilgrim the character hater. I think he is he's a flawed human being who's kind of a loser. he's he's a major loser. Well
0: like I think but, that like one of the things the comic does, just to make sure people get this, is that Scott is supposed to be not a horrible person, but kind like a very real kind of shitty. He's
1: he's kind of a dirtbag. And and a dirtbag in some very real
0: ways. <laughs> Scott is someone you know,
1: and and is, Scott is and Scott changes and grows, and yes. he doesn't necessarily become a great person, but
0: he becomes a different person and a better person by the end of the comic. Yes, For, in a variety of ways. Like Scott is the type of guy who's date who is twenty three dating a seventeen year old. I think that really should t- start you off. That. Th- we should note that he's quasi dating not like full on like oh we're a couple mm. because like the
1: because the, the the girl in question knives chow who is an awesome character she is one of my favorites she's she's the 17 year old girl who just thinks scott is so cool and wonderful and she's you know as as you do when you are a when you are a young girl who like, you know, you you see this older guy and it's like, wow, he's amazing. He's so mature and he gets me. And so she's she's kind of fastened herself onto him. And Scott is a spineless piece of shit that can't tell her, No, I'm not going to date you because I'm 23 and you're a child.
0: <laughs> like the, the issue the thing with Scott. That needs to be understood is that a he's a which by the way this is why Michael Cera being the casting form is actually kind of brilliant mm-hmm. like yeah he's probably not as supposedly good looking as Scott is supposed to be I don't think Michael Cera is ugly he's just kind of he's, he's very he's gangly. just a he's a regular he's just like a, a normal guy <laughs> he's he's also very gangly like yeah it his face is normal but then you see like all of his limb. <laughs> He's a very yeah. gangly person, which is why he 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 plays nerds very well.
1: Yes, but like Scott's got kind of that like every man boy next door sort of like he he looks fine and you you could probably see how somebody could find him attractive, if not charming, then endearing. Yeah,
0: and it's like it's very noted throughout the comic book that like Scott is like actually a pretty solid friend at the very least usually like Like he's he he's
1: a mooch and he's kind of lazy
0: but like all of his friends would like in the comic they even point out like all of his friends are a lot less happy with him out of the picture it's actually very funny yes and it's also noted that like all of these characters are not bad people they're just it's, not no one's really a perfectly good person.
1: They are all flawed regular ass human
0: beings. They are very flawed people. Huh. Because they're they're people.
1: And and they're flawed in like that that way that I feel is so the territory of being in your early 20s.
0: Yes. Like Kim is like uses her supposed apathy as a way to Keep herself emotionally distant from get, getting too close to people again. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramona keeps running away from her problems instead of confronting them. And and there's uh,
1: there, there have been basically essays written on on Ramona Flowers and what she is and what she represents.
0: And really, on um, um, a lot of these characters.
1: <laughs> so oh, but like aware. I I think. Ramona in particular is such an interesting case of kind of, like, I think misaimed fandom because she does deconstruct the the whole idea of, like, the manic pixie dream girl very effectively. And a lot of people see, like, her cool hair and her cool clothes and rollerblades, and it's like, I want to be her. And it's like, no, you, you shouldn't be her because she's also not a great person.
0: Oh, I so badly want to make fun of Garden State, but I can't remember adley portman's <laughs> character in garden state state's name but fuck garden state by the way yeah <laughs> oh, i hate that movie <laughs> yeah I, by the way my laying hatred towards garden state is also the reason why i think scrub sucks shit <laughs> so there you go that's fair that's fair <clears throat> you zach braff will never be forgiven for the crime that is garden state is state the movie <laughs> You know
1: what? I think I misjudged us. I think you're the spicy one. Never mind.
0: (laughs) You forget, when I have a take, it's a take. (laughs) But But... yeah, going back, back on topic, it's just, you're right. Like, all these characters, like, a lot of Scott Pilgrim as a story is about how... The original, anyway, is about how Scott you know, basically grows up and, like, starts becoming an actual adult because there's that, like, your early 20s is that weird point in your life where you're not quite an adult yet because you've only been an adult for, like, four years.
1: Larval adult stage.
0: Yeah, you, your early adulthood where it's just, like, you haven't really become mature yet. mm mm-hmm. But you've definitely, like been around as a person who existed you've you've been giving
1: the you've been given the trappings of adulthood and maturity things like being able to drink and you know maybe like you know your concept of romantic relationship expanding and things like that
0: yeah but it's when you're legally an adult but you've only been an adult for like a few years so you have really no idea what the fuck you're doing yet precisely is I think the best way to put it and yeah And that's how we end up here with, like, people like, well, the characters of Scott Pilgrim.
1: Scott Pilgrim, 23 years old. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: And very stupid.
1: (laughs) Extremely stupid. And I really do admire the effectiveness of the comic in particular for managing to tell a story about... The main character and and the people around him who can be very stupid sometimes without making them frustratingly so, <laughs> oh yeah, because like like Scott does stupid things, Scott does heinously stupid things, um Scott does stuff that really kind of make him a scumbag in initially, but it's like. Never do I feel like, you know what, okay, you know, fuck this, I'm dropping this because this guy is an irredeemable moron. It's like, let's see where the story
0: goes. Yeah, and that's basically what Scott Pilgrim is about in The Thing. But the thing that Brandon Lee O'Malley wanted to do in this adaptation was, I have all these other characters I never really explored, they were just kind of here. They're set dressing. (laughs) Yeah, well, some of them were set dressing, some of them were like props and some of them like only got so much time like for as popular as kim pine is as a character she's very popular <laughs> she is very popular and for good reason she is i'd, I'd forgotten how popular she is though i didn't <laughs> i, I but, was but the, yeah i was on the kim train for years
1: man <laughs> you know that doesn't surprise me at all
0: yeah yeah it, but it, it, some things do not change
1: but they've they've gone unexplored by the majority of Scott Pilgrim media until now.
0: Because in fairness to the comics, it's about Scott.
1: It's it's Scott's story, and it it makes sense that it's it's focused on him because it's it's his story. And
0: really, but it's like I would also, I w- yeah, I would say so. Really, we need to talk about the real main character Scott Pilgrim takes off, oh. and that is Ramona Flowers.
1: She is she is our lead here. I I would say that that is just straight up. Ramona
0: Flowers is in charge. This is her show, and it's great because the because the thing is the comic is the the adaptation is mostly the same. There are some small changes here and there. Like, I, there are some scenes that happened much later in the comic book that were happening in, like, episode, like, one and two that was actually pretty interesting. Yes. Like, I, you probably remember, like, the, the scene right before Scott and Ramona look like they might actually do it and it doesn't happen. That happens in, like... Volume in, like, the fourth book or something like that? There was
1: some time for that to cook before that happened. And he was on the first date.
0: Yeah, he was on the first date, which was weird. And I was like, okay, you know what? That's fine happening here. You have, like, eight episodes. You might have to condense some some scenes. Because that scene works, like, anywhere. But I was like, huh, that's interesting. And now I know why that scene happened so soon. (laughs) Because at the end of episode two... When Scott is supposed to find Matthew Patel, the first of the evil exes, um, he loses. Scott fucking dies. Scott fucking <laughs> dies. Uh, Except not really. <laughs> we, we learned that that's not actually the case, but as far as we know, as we knew, Scott fucking dies. And everyone's just like... We have a funeral for him and everything. <laughs> a whole ass funeral. Even his ex shows up. His famous ex. <laughs> Envy Adams, who Adams. Uh, played
1: by Brie Larson in the movies. And
0: still it still uh, is, actually, in English, anyway. It,
1: they they got a lot of the folks from the movie to come and voice no, this. No, they got
0: everyone back. Damn. Like Everyone. Like, Aubrey Plaza's back, Johnny Simmons, <laughs> Kieran Culkin. Everybody. And, and including even... I'm pretty sure part of the reason why this got made was because Chris Evans was willing to come back with probably two scales. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. We will get to him because God, he's having—he's great in this. He—he <laughs> he really is. But like, basically, the whole point is for the in, like everyone's back. Like the whole movie, they got the whole, like part of the big thing was they got the entire movie cast back, which was a huge, big deal thing. But when they were doing this, was and what made it interesting. Was that with Scott being gone? Everyone's like, "That's weird," because like, wow, Scott's actually because like one of the jokes is everyone knows Scott's actually pretty good at fighting, like that's a that's like a known th- fact about him. And the fact that Scott fucking, as far as we as everyone knew, fucking dies, and and
1: for for more context to Matthew Patel is like he's. He's he's the first boss you face. He's yeah. like power power scaling wise. He's he's way down here, and I'm holding my hand very low to the ground.
0: He he's supposed to be the starter villain. Like the joke about Matthew Patel as Ramona's ex is that he's like they dated for like a week in middle in school. middle school, which in... <laughs> and and. I... And like they're I like in their mid twenties. <laughs>
1: and, and yeah, it, I don't know if you've dated anybody in middle school. If you've had like you know any any boyfriends, girlfriends, you know when you were that age. No, but I you haven't. don't remember shit about them when when you're when you're in your twenty.
0: Like the joke about Matthew Patel is that he's kind of a pathetic dweeb. Like the only he thing that was... makes him I- interesting is the fact that he's Indian. <laughs> like, that's and, it. and he's a theater. He's a theater
1: kid. Oh, he's very. And he. and he has magic powers yeah that's it that's that's the other thing
0: like the joke and he has like these no you anyway and
1: he has really cute demon cheerleaders yeah
0: (laughs) like the joke about matthew patel was that like in universe is that he's supposed to be the wuss but the thing is the the funny part about this is that he takes his fake victory and rolls with it like he suddenly has newfound confidence it's like wow i'm actually a badass (laughs) He beats the final boss in the second episode.
1: He goes and challenges the head of the League of Evil Exes, the multi-billionaire CEO, Gideon Graves, who Gideon Graves is not his real name.
0: More on that later.
1: But, and he whips Gideon's ass. And Gideon signs over all of his companies to Matthew, all of his ownings.
0: He doesn't even have a
1: house now.
0: (laughs) Even his name, which we learn is Gordon Goose. (laughs) <laughs> his last name
1: is and, and and there's also like uh I was a little surprised by the character arc that Gideon gets because Gideon as we know from previous Scott Pilgrim stories is a piece of shit. He was verbally abusive to Ramona. He was very controlling. She's the one evil ex that she shows like visible discomfort and fear in being around. Yeah, like
0: the way And like he you're sh- he's The way each X is described outside of Gideon, it's like, 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 oh, yeah, them. (laughs) Yeah, that guy or this guy, like, or sometimes regret, like, with Roxy and even like a bit with Lucas Lee. Yeah. Not with Todd. She's like, fuck you, Todd. (laughs) You suck. (laughs) And
1: and the twins, she's literally just like, LOL, lol. (laughs) Yeah,
0: The whole thing with the twins is just like, fuck you both. But not and in, like, like, a mean-spirited way, but more like, eh, you dumbass.
1: But, I mean, like, R- Ramona was pretty mean for doing that. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, like, do not gonna get me wrong. A big part of, uh, the, of the joke of why Scott and Ramona work is because they're both kind of similar kinds of shitty. They they kind of
1: suck in a way. <laughs>
0: Once again, very realistic way. But, yeah. <laughs> Matthew Patel was always kind of, like, the pathetic one. And him being like, actually, no, I've succeeded! <laughs> And uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, Sadia Bahab- Bahaba who plays him both in the movie and he his. does a great job. Oh, he's having so he's... much fun!
1: <laughs> oh, you can tell he's having the time of his life, and it makes the character like I... Matthew Patel actually ended up being one of my favorite characters coming out of this. <laughs> yeah,
0: like him, like him, Ramona, um, the stuff with Lucas Lee was hilarious whatever uh, yeah whatever <laughs> but yeah so like first that's the first two episodes is just basically end of the second episode it's like oh this is different
1: <laughs> yeah this it, is it's like you know there's what we were expecting think, it is the it is the end of the first episode i believe it's like you know there's there's like you know scott scott finds the girl of his dreams he like you know finds ramona asks her out for a date and and the the whole thing comes back to like you. This is a recurring theme of sparks. They feel sparks between them, and you know. So it's like, oh, we we've, we've got maybe a thing here, but also Scott still needs to fucking break up with with knives because it's like, dude, you shouldn't be dating her in the first place. But he doesn't get a chance to do any of that because he fucking dies. He gets
0: fucking <laughs> murdered, <laughs> supposedly as allegedly <laughs> because one thing ramona realizes is like wait a minute that doesn't make sense something feels and, off here and she and, basically and, gets confirmed that yeah actually scott's not dead because the, we should mention because the comic goes into this and it starts of the episode and how they become attached in the first place is that ramona has the ability to go through these things called subspace highways yes and these sub I'm sorry to be cutting you off the entire time, by the way. Oh no, you're good, you're good. And and these and she goes through and she's like, wait a minute, Scott's subspace highway still exists. if he was dead, that wouldn't be a thing. Yeah, you know, like hold on here. And uh that's when she starts going on the hunt to figure out what the hell's going on.
1: So we follow Ramona and who, you know, in in keeping with her passion for Columbo, which is canon, yeah. she she does some detective work and she travels around looking for the person who made Scott disappear.
0: And the first of these. Uh, so basically, episodes three through eight is basically dealing with that. What which what caused Scott Pilgrim to take off? First episode is, and really basically getting closure with all of her exes. Yes. Specifically, like episode three is about Roxy, and uh, Mae Whitman's back, and she's having a blast. Though she always, she's been doing voice acting for years now, so that wasn't really that surprising. Mm hmm. Like she was, uh. She's in a bunch of stuff. Like, uh, she was an Avatar the Last Airbender. That's right. She's Katara. A show we will one day talk about, we promise. Oh, yes. But, uh, yeah. And that episode was very gay. But lady gay.
1: There's quite a bit of, like, you know, there's... I'll, I'll, I'll have more to say a little bit on this later. But, to their credit, they at least did a lot better with... The the gay representation, then the then the live action movie did um, justice for Roxy Richter. I think she got some here. <laughs>
0: she, uh, my favorite part about this is because she Roxy challenges Ramona. They get their closure, and then they're just kind of hanging out at Kim's like decrepit workplace, which is an old video store. And it's just so funny because it's like, have you ever tried kissing someone else? And Kim's like, hmm. No, ah, why not? And no sparks. But it then the camera pans back out from their kiss to like Roxy, leg locked around her waist. It's like Jesus Christ, girl, calm down. It, it's it's very interesting. It's, it's very it's like wow. This that episode also had uh, the first time we see knives pick up an instrument too. It's true.
1: And I I, I liked the little story arc that Knives got with her kind of like, and and she even mentions to Scott at the end, like, hey, I kind of like, I figured myself out and I've I've learned a lot more about myself and what I'm good at and who I am.
0: And it's like, good for you, girl. Because like Knives is one of the many characters that... Kind of suffered from the fact that because the story was so original story is so much about Scott, which once again not the problem, but it's
1: it's the the title is literally Scott Pilgrim.
0: Yeah, it, it's about Scott, but this case we get to see knives sort of evolve as like, oh, all of Scott's friends are like, well, we're I guess I'm still hanging out with all of y'all, and, she's and, like, and I don't
1: feel like we and knives is stupid talented
0: <laughs> surprisingly very good at playing instruments and what's so funny about this is her and uh steven stills are so funny in this as a deer. they are like they're, they're they have this like hilarious like friendship where the two of them are so busy <laughs> making music <laughs>
1: And, and as somebody who's been in a handful of bands, I, I've i definitely known those people.
0: <laughs> and, like, one of the things, because because Scott is no longer really a part of the story, she gets a, she's allowed to be more of a character on her own terms, because she's no longer obsessed over Scott, because, like, Scott was her first boyfriend, and she got a bit too into him. Like, a lot of people are a bit too into their first relationship when they're young.
1: I, I knives' character really, really relatable just because of like the the whole like, you know, you there's there's this, you know, kind of older guy in your social sphere and you just think he's the most incredible thing, and and as it turns out, he is just a fucking loser because he's like an older guy hanging around high schoolers. But I I really appreciated like seeing her grow and change and have some breathing room is you know my my subtitle for this is scott pilgrim takes off good for
0: knives (laughs) Mm i uh definitely agree it but like so the, the that third episode i think really helps establish that what this adaptation is really about which is really exploring specifically the evil exes And Ramona, because it's, like, a big part of that episode is a fight between Roxy Richter and Ramona Flowers. Mm -hmm. And basically how Ramona apologizes is, like, yeah, I left you in a really shitty way. Because, yeah, Ramona, yeah. (laughs) No, go for it.
1: Ramona ends their relationship, like, not even saying anything. She just totally, she ghosts Roxy after they really built up, like, kind of an emotional connection.
0: But in, like, a way where it's like, you watched her just move out and that was it. And and that sucks. And no wonder she's hurt. Yeah. And it's just like, and they get through this huge big fight where they fight through several movies because, fuck you, this is uh, Scott Pilgrim, we could do that. Also, different, we, should, different, like, we also need to mention Brandon Lee O'Malley's art style works so much better in animation than I ever thought it was going to. Oh, it looks
1: scrumptious. This is this is a fucking good looking show.
0: Yeah. Science Saru was a, also a really great pick for studio, apparently. Like, you know what? Good, good pick, guys. <laughs> good pick. But it's just like they have this huge, big fight. it's just Ramona feel like one of the things that even in like the comic book, we, we don't really see it, but it is kind of implied that out of all of Ramona's exes, Roxy's the one she feels the most bad about. Yes. Because like the way it ended was really remote. Like it was Ramona's fault and a few of them, but this one time it definitely was her fault.
1: (laughs) Th- this was the most unquestionably a shitty move on her part yeah. and like not not shitty for any any reason <laughs> mm-hmm. o- other than that just like she didn't know how to say goodbye
0: <laughs> and like also the fact like it was very clear for for Ramona it wasn't really working and that really hurt Roxy in a way that uh
1: and I mean getting into it a little more I do appreciate they made some steps to explain it's like yeah you know it it affected Ramona differently because it it seems like Ramona didn't that like she she clearly cared for Roxy she she had feelings for her but she didn't she didn't appreciate like the level it was on and and that was a shitty thing of her to do.
0: And, and it's, yeah, it's it's it, that whole third episode really establishes, I think, the tone. And I mean, and that's,
1: is. So, and, and I apologize if I'm like kind of like going a mile a minute here, but like I think that's one of the things that the movie never sat right with me in the Roxy bit, because like I know everybody has a chuckle over the whole, you know, I was just a little bi curious. Well, I'm a little bi furious thing. It's like, I have uh, a great one it's a great line but also like I can say especially from personal experience it's like that shit hurts when it feels like you're not really taken seriously and you're seen as kind of a novelty
0: <laughs> yeah I mean, and they they rectify that here this is what and, the- and
1: I think they did a good job with yeah kind of taking steps towards and that's what I mean that it's like they don't try to like whitewash over the fact that that happened but they they address it in a a well-done way i think but i i have a lot of feelings about roxy richter and i don't think everything was perfect with that in this show but i think it was really good
0: (laughs) Uh, the only downside is that roxy after her episode has to sort of take a backseat because we still got like several x's to go through
1: (laughs) There's there's a lot of them, so I understand that she doesn't get like a we ton have of screen time. Eight
0: episodes and only five to cover everything after that. So, yeah, it's under. I wish there was a bit more that like this. I like you know it's a good thing when we say, man, I wish there was maybe like one or two more episodes. But we need to move on to the next episode, which is about Lucas Lee the actually second evil X. Uh Roxy is uh not second, she's actually fourth.
1: <laughs> we're we're going a little out of order with, with the X's, but it that doesn't really matter here.
0: <laughs> and fun fact, um Lucas Lee is the only character to actually fully completely changed in style. Yes. Because uh Lucas Lee is originally looked more like Scott. Mm-hmm. Much like, not in the way I think they I think they did that because number one in the movie he was originally played by a pre Marvel movies Chris Evans.
1: Yes, he was.
0: Where he's he's so much fun in the movie. By the way,
1: he's he's a delight in the movie. I Chris Evans always steals the show.
0: But... He he loves he loved playing the Hollywood jerk, prima donna lucas lee and he is having so much fun here being back at it it's like no i i was not going to do the marvel what if show but fuck it i will be back for scott pilgrim
1: (laughs) i always love seeing chris evans play a piece of shit in movies and and according to him scott pilgrim was the most fun he ever had in a movie
0: oh i believe that because you watch his turn in the movie because the funny the joke about Lucas Lee's one of the main characters who really benefit from this adaptation. Yes, he does. Because the funny part about Lucas Lee as one of the evil exes is he's the one who's most over Ramona. Like, yeah, they he... broke up, he went on with his life, and he, like, it literally in a combo. he's like, I don't want to fight you, Scott. I'm only doing this because Gideon is making me do it. But, like, yeah, I don't he's... give a shit.
1: He's Mr. Hollywood now. He's... Yeah. <laughs>
0: He's got more important things to do. Like, th- that's the joke. Hmm. Like, in, the joke in the book is that Scott Pilgrim is ready to fight this guy. And he's like, man, Nah, man, we're cool. Like, I'm over her. That happened, like, freshman year of high school. I moved on with my life. He's like, cool, I can you do you a skate trick mama? for me? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure it's been a while and then he fumbles and dies <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny like that, the whole joke is that he's bigger he's stronger but like he's cool he, he was he was not gonna fight him anyways he's he's pretty chill he's
1: you know even though he's still a diva and you know just kind of a hollywood scumbag he's probably been one of the most emotionally mature in terms of dealing with the whole Ramona thing
0: (laughs) yeah because it's like they broke up like he probably had his like sad week and then he moved on like that's the that's always that's always been the joke like even in even in this adaptation that's still there we're like yeah like whatever it's like we're done whatever (laughs) and I do
1: love the whole bit where he's uh Skating to Liam Lynch's "United States of Whatever."
0: (laughs) Oh, that the music choices in this show are great.
1: Um, Fantastic music.
0: But what's so great about it is that, like in this version, because it's still the Chris Evans version, his agent calls. It's like you need to do this movie because all your movies are starting to bum, and if you want to keep me as an agent, you got to do this stupid movie where he plays Scott Pilgrim because someone (laughs) wrote Scott. Pil- the original scott pilgrim story as young neil who is a, a guy god young young <laughs> young neil these two episodes is wild i love i love young neil <laughs> <laughs> so young neil is one of the many characters that is, is like friends with scott he's a uh, Stephen. he's step i'm not sure if it's supposed to be stefan or steven but he's mm-hmm. Stephen Steele's roommate, like, it, like or, like, housemate or whatever the, it exactly is. They kind of live in a house. Yes. It's 2002, and the housing market hasn't exploded. Bubble hasn't blown up yet. Yeah. But they're they're roommates, and he's trying to be a writer. And apparently he wrote this script in one night and doesn't even remember it because he didn't write it. <laughs> and they're <laughs> trying to film it and hilariously lucas lee is originally tapped to play scott and he is he's not trying he is not trying not
1: not at all and i i love young neil's general kind of like attitude about things like aren't you upset that like your your movie got canceled it's like oh, not really
0: <laughs> i'm fine
1: <laughs> and I I guess another thing, especially with young Neil in mind, is uh, props to the writers on this for, like, actually making, like, an awkward character that's kind of, like, effectively written. Because I I feel like, especially in in movies of this type and flavor, not movies, but, you you know, media in this type, that it's like there is this heavy reliance on, like, this character is awkward and that's really funny, but... You know, it's not always it doesn't always land, but it lands here.
0: Yeah, and it, it lands here, and also like this whole sequence is like there's a huge skateboard fight against a bunch of paparazzi ninjas. Yes, there is, which is great, and it really is like what what I like about how they write Lucas Lee is that they they combine sort of like the Hollywood douchebag version from the movie with the more like actually he's a nicer guy, just kind of whatever type of person that he was in the he's... comic. He's, he's not
1: maybe super he's not super smart. He's maybe kind of inconsiderate and very like caught up and like, huh, aren't I cool? But but he's decent. He's, he's not a piece of shit. He's just yeah. he's, he's sort of thoughtless sometimes and I, again, it's like they're they're very real person flaws.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And what, what's so great is that he started dating the woman who's playing knives in the movie. It's like, he's saying 17-year-old. And he's like, she's 31! (laughs) Which is so funny. Yeah. Yeah, It's just so funny because it's it's one of those things where you're like, actually, that makes sense. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because Lucas also points out, like, man, there's a lot of red flags in these two's relationship. (laughs) It's like, oh, right two of you are uh, need to do some growing.
1: <laughs> Lucas is great. I really enjoyed him whenever he showed up. And
0: Chris Evans is having a blast. He's clearly he clearly loves this role more than anything.
1: <laughs> that was one of the big things that's like Everybody, save for maybe Aubrey Plaza, seems like they're having such a good time. I, I'll admit, i admit, I love Aubrey Plaza. Well, in fairness I, to
0: Aubrey Plaza's character, Julie is not a pleasant person
1: ever. Well, you know, but, but like, I don't know. I think hers was, was the one voice acting. It could have maybe used like just a tiny bit of work, but.
0: Well, either I mean, way, she's not, Julie's not in this very much anyways. Yeah. So
1: Start stating Gideon, though.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jason Schwartzman deserves a lot of credit for Gideon.
1: <laughs> oh, he's so good. But we need also... to talk
0: about the the second most gayest episode of this show. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about Todd.
1: Oh, Todd.
0: So, oh, the, Todd. Need to, so Todd Ingram in the original comic book is jokingly like, "What if Scott was cool?" Supposedly, and he's.
1: He's also—I don't know if you know this Strauss. This is a little-known fact. Todd Ingram is vegan.
0: Yeah, well,
1: I didn't know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the joke about Todd is when you look at him, his design's very similar to Scott, but he's taller. He's buffer. He actually can play he's got, the bass, which is—he's a he's joke. got like
1: the the kind of heroic proportions.
0: He's basically if Scott is like a normal like guy next door type of character. Todd is is the hero-looking one. It's it's Daniel
1: and the cooler Daniel.
0: Yes, and until you get to know them. (laughs) Because then you learn that, oh, Todd's kind of a dick. Actually, he's a massive dick. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it needs to be noted that, like, throughout the story... Like, when you go through it, you start realizing that, oh... Like, the whole point of, like, part of the reason why Todd loses his fight despite having superpowers is because he's vegan. That's a thing. Don't ask. Uh, and,
1: and yes, vegan portals are a thing in this.
0: <laughs> well, because in the original comic, the joke is is that to- because Todd's a phony... Like, that's kind of his thing, is that he's a massive fucking phony. He was secretly cheating on his diet. I forget on what. Do you remember?
1: Oh, it was, a uh, gelato. Gelato isn't vegan. It's milk and eggs,
0: bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes, that's what it was. But, like, the joke is, is, like, despite Todd being, like, powerful and competent, like, part of the... He's also currently dating... Scott's old ex, Envy Adams. <laughs> oh Envy Adams. Oh Natalie. Envy.
1: We we do love Envy.
0: <sighs> no, the best part is that she comes in <laughs> to the story, like, sings a song about the death of her ex and leaves.
1: <laughs> yeah, it shows up, comes to Scott's funeral, everybody everybody leaves with her because they love her. Um yeah. <laughs>
0: envy is maybe one of the few characters who kind of suffers in the at in this adaptation because in fairness, she had a lot of like stuff going on in the comic book so and she doesn't need to be it here.
1: it's like we've we've gotten plenty of plenty of stuff for envy here she's she's kind of the butt of the joke here, and you know what I think that's that's think it's okay
0: fine. It, it's fine because like because scott is less important in this story
1: also she's envy adams and she'll be fine yeah (laughs) she'll be
0: fine and she gets to be fine though she comes dressed to scott's funeral in the most ridiculous like i'm shooting a music video outfit ever i loved that outfit that was such a good (laughs) outfit it's great but really the key part of todd's part in this is that they are casted in the role of Ramona Flowers and Scott Pilgrim in the increasingly failing Scott Pilgrim's precious little life story, and uh, this gets really funny. I, because we need to talk oh. about a, a character that we haven't talked about yet, but it's very important.
1: Wallace, fucking Wallace. No, we need I to love talk about Wallace.
0: Straight Wallace. <sighs>
1: I don't want to talk about Straight
0: Wallace. No, we need to talk about Straight Wallace because Straight Wallace is plays the incredibly gay Wallace Wells. And Wallace Wells heckles him off the stage.
1: Yeah, Wallace shows up to check things out real Wallace and he's like, you know, boo. You know, he says something mean. And then the director sees him and it's like, "Oh my god, you're perfect. Do you want to play do you want to play Wallace Wells?" He's like, "Yes."
0: So he does. I will say this version and, of Wallace is a lot snarkier, but he's also like in a very different situation and it's fine. And we love Wallace. We do. I love Wallace. <laughs> Wallace Wallace's biggest crime is being incredibly gay. I love him. But <laughs> by the way, Kieran so Culkin, he's still he's having a blast here too. He's he's
1: fantastic. He's wonderful. Um but anyway the, the 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 joke is that Envy and Todd are causing problems on set because they have too much chemistry. They are like irritatingly devoted to each other. They, they 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 can't even so much as touch each other without making out. So Wallace whispers in the director's ear. It's like I've got an idea. And so instead, he he and Todd share a kiss on screen and todd's like oh my god <laughs> and and then they fuck a bunch they fuck a whole bunch
0: <laughs> well like every scene's like you want to go over the lines and then it's like this cuts to the trailer and it is rocking <laughs> and, and the best part is, is when they go into the trailer to talk to todd because once again ramona's really only in this in this movie as a stunt double for herself which is weird because, well, she's trying to make sure to figure out if Todd did it because it's like, hey, I looked at the footage. That's a vegan portal. Yeah. And you're a vegan,
1: as you've told many people. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, you've told many people, and you have that powers. Was it you? And the answer is ultimately no. But goddammit, like, when they're in the trailer, and it's so funny. It, there's this, there's that, it's like, this is... This is the f- the first place I made out with Wallace Wells. Here's my toilet. This is where I also m- made out with Wallace Wells here too. <laughs> and both Envy and Run are like, please stop. I don't care. Please stop this.
1: That's enough. We just want to show you the video. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, but I I like what they did with Todd here because like they kept the fact that the reason why Todd was basically ultimately defeated in the comic book was because he was cheating on envy with their drummer Mm -hmm. and this time it's like no he's cheating on envy with wallace wells master turning straight men gay
1: or or at least straight men bisexual who knows
0: i i feel after all this i'm pretty sure todd can only love wallace wells
1: well that's that's more of a single target sexuality then
0: i guess but goddamn, does he love wallace <laughs> wells it's it is great. well i mean it, this it is wallace it is wallace wells
1: <laughs> but <sighs> yeah so there's that i um we we don't focus on the twins very much the the twins are kind of like useful peripheral figures that's kyle and ken, kyle and ken katanyagi
0: which is uh, which is kind of how they've always been. They were the least yeah. interesting of Ramona's evil exes. They made a robot. They made a robot. That will be important later. <laughs> but they they
1: assist in a lot of the temporal past future bullshit that's going on. So
0: we'll talk more about them when we talk about who really caused Scott to disappear. Because we need to talk about Gideon gordon graves or real name gordon goose gordon goose who shows up at julie's house as a pathetic loser
1: i okay i i know you'll have felt the same way but when when he when he and matthew are fighting on on the top of his skyscraper thing it's like and he's wearing he's wearing the white blazer and the red shirt and it's like god i love yakuza <laughs> i was
0: like give <laughs> me dame. deliberate i know that was a reference well here's the thing though the f- i'm not i'm unsure how much of a reference that is because we have to remember the first bo- these came out around the same time yakuza was first coming out so who knows the way it's worn though that's a reference
1: yeah, that I know in my heart of hearts that is a reference. The way and, it's and Matthew worn Patel. In that
0: fight absolutely the actual original color scheme being red and white probably coincidental.
1: I, I know, but, but you know what I mean. But yes. and then Matthew Patel later on he's wearing he's wearing the black suit with the red shirt and the black tie like like Majima's outfit. It, it's it's you you understand what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Gordon
0: Goose (laughs) Gordon Goose As we learn, uh, Gideon Graves is not his real name And we dive into Gideon a lot more Where we learn that, like, oh, he's originally from Toronto Uh, He's originally Canadian And he uh, used to be... A loser Yeah, now, this is a bit of a change from the comic book Where he was a lot older than Ramona here, they're about the same yes. age. Yeah. But it, it, that's fine, because, like... Uh, I'll be real,
1: I had no issue with, with the age no, change. I think that's... that's,
0: I. I, I that's it was I. I thought it was the right choice, because ultimately, it's just, like... Because the story's so different, it's yes. fine. And, and you're made to, like, not
1: empathize with Gideon more, but, like, kind of, like... See where he was coming from? My one of my favorite things was like they called me no fear in high school because I wore a no-fear shirt to shirt sure, shirt to school every day.
0: <laughs> they called me fearless.
1: Like fearless. They, yeah. They
0: called him fearless because he wore the same fucking no fear shirt every day.
1: It's like, you know, since I'm fearless, I have no fear of social rejection if this doesn't turn out the way I want. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. He, he proposed the us. He, he asked the the most popular girl in school to go out with him and literally states, I have nothing to lose if I do this. So here's my 12 point plan of why you should date me. She says no. And Julie was watching the entire time. And uh, well, Gideon, as we learn is Gideon's kind of a loser when he's down in the dumps. <laughs> And
1: it's like he he was he was a nerd and he was a loser. And while he became very successful, he never really lost the the low self esteem and kind of the the loser mindset.
0: Basically, what losing to Matthew Patel did was kind of set him right back to zero. It
1: broke him. Yeah. It absolutely broke him.
0: And she's like, you know what, Gideon, you can live with me for a while, and then they become a couple. And god is she annoyed with him. <laughs> he's such but she also
1: loves fact. that he's evil. Like Well yeah, no,
0: I love that fact. It's like you're ho- at your hottest when you're being a scheming bastard.
1: It's like no, I, I think you're very hot when you're evil. Like please do more of that. <laughs>
0: uh and when the best part is he, he and Lucas Lee hang out as besties. They they become friends. It's so cute. <laughs> like I'll catch you around, man. Because the whole joke is Lucas Lee has no money left, so he's stuck in Toronto,
1: and then he becomes a barista at the end of the story.
0: Yeah, the hottest barista ever. Which Scott's sister's like, this is great. Yeah, you get to look at his butt all day. Yeah. Uh, it, one character who definitely doesn't really get much out of this is Stacy Pilgrim, Scott's younger sister. But nope. She never really, she was always kind of a bit character to begin with.
1: Like, I'll be real, I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah,
0: because that bit was really funny.
1: But, so, I guess, Strauss, we, we get to the important question here. Uh, who did away with Scott Pilgrim? Who made him take off in the first so, place? as
0: Ramona goes through everyone who could have possibly absconded with Scott, she comes, she figures it out as she goes back to tell, you know, Kim, Steven, Wallace, young Neil, and Knives. And she comes up w- with the fact that only one person could have pulled this off. Because one person has been around the entire time, and that's been Robot01, who is made by the twins. And she figures it had to be a vegan portal, and who's the ultimate vegan? if not a robot, who does not eat anyways. Therefore, is he's crap. the most vegan thing ever, and he makes the ultimate vegan portal much more powerful than even Todd's. But
1: who was telling the robot what to do?
0: And that's when Scott reappears. And he points out that you're absolutely right, but the person who did it was me, Scott Pilgrim. He, the,
1: the real person was Scott all along. He orchestrated his own disappearance, but not in the way that you'd think.
0: Not our Scott, but Scott 14 years in the future at the age of 37.
1: <laughs> and and the, the older Scott stuff always cracks me up because it's like, yeah, you're so cool. You're like this old, you know, mature guy. And it's like Scott Scott Pilgrim, 32 years old.
0: <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, 32. And the funniest part about this is that he is not. It is. He's... It is. Can't. Can, it is the famous Will Forte, by the way, best known to me as Clone High's Abraham Lincoln.
1: Yes, indeed. Hooray! And so time has gone by, and Scott is still a loser.
0: And the reason why he's he... still a loser is because he and Ramona are separated because he didn't deal with some of his bullshit. <laughs> Yep,
1: they, they got married and then they got separated because just I don't know. he He's not emotionally mature. He's He's a grown-ass man who still needs to work on his problems.
0: And uh, what we learn is is that he and the twins ha- hang out and make mu- really stupid music videos. <laughs> Which is why the twins are a part of this. <laughs> yeah, it- they're they're a
1: band together. They 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 got they got a they got a hundred and five views on their last video. That's great.
0: I would kill for hundred and five <laughs> views. On I video. I would also
1: kill for hundred and five views Just because it'd
0: be like, wow, really? Oh, that's neat. <laughs>
1: that that hurt a tiny bit, but
0: <laughs> like, I laughed anyway. <laughs> well, in fairness, they they have more production value at a robot. That's true. Do you have a robot? We don't have that yet. You know,
1: if we had a robot, I'd bet we'd get a hundred and five oh, views. Oh,
0: Yeah, we should build a robot. We should that has vegan powers. Yes, but it it turns out that
1: future Scott has been orchestrating all this because he wants to prevent current Scott from ever getting together with Ramona because Ramona broke his heart because she was a conniving she devil. Accord according to future Scott. <laughs>
0: According to few because one of the things that Lucas Lee points out in the uh, in his episode it's like there's a lot of red flags here that neither of you have really dealt with, and if you don't deal with it, it's going to cause problems in the future <laughs> and surprise surprise, yes, it did. <laughs> Both of y'all need to work on your bullshit, and they didn't
1: they they granted the himbo the gift of prophecy and he foretold it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But what happens is, as we learn, is that uh, the person who helped Scott get back, because Scott doesn't want to turn into his older self. (laughs) Because he's like, actually, no, I'm a loser still mooching off of Wallace Wells.
1: (laughs) And and Wallace, Wallace is still doing great because he married a guy who works at Nintendo.
0: (laughs) Looking great, too, by the way.
1: Oh, Silver Fox. I love old Wallace. I want to be old Wallace when I grow up
0: because I old, like, older Ramona is just like, <clears throat> damn, man, it's like, like they still actually love each other. They're just stupid. <laughs> and and it's not like
1: it's not like older Ramona's like, you know, I hate you, Scott. I've moved on. It's like she still cares about him, too. It's just he needs to deal with his shit and she needs to deal with her shit. And, and is not perfect either. They do address. It's like, you, you just keep running away from things and you, you need to not do that.
0: No, it's also great that even, even, that, that even everyone points out that, because it turns out the ghostwriter is Ramona Flowers to make sure that they stay together. And it's so mm-hmm. funny because it's like, if you're able to pull this off, therefore his plan didn't work. <laughs> you didn't need to yeah. do that. It's like, eh, it's not the best point ever.
1: They they go through with things. There's um Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life the movie gets turned into a musical as written uh,
0: by knives chow and St- Stephen Stills. And
1: that the, the whole musical get, bit definitely gave me a a sensible chuckle. I I oh. I'm I'm a big I, I think part of the reason I loved Matthew Patel in this so much is because I'm I'm also a big musical theater person, and, and, and he's it's just such like a
0: theater kid. He's like, they go to, they go to Matthew Patel. It's like, hey, what if you, you want to start the musical? He's like, yes, <laughs> yes, I do.
1: And and there's there's a whole bit where he's like doing Agony from Into the Woods as both princes, and it's just like, oh, he's just like me for real. <laughs> I, I think it's like I. Matthew Patel is, like, the new he-just-like-me-for-real guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's just so funny, because what ultimately is, the plan is, okay, Scott's back, they can't kiss, so something's wrong. They try to... F- there, there's a... There's Yeah, there's a force field separating them every time they try. And they're like, okay, who set it up? And the answer is, surprise, it's still old Scott. He 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 had a contingency plan, so points for old Scott for having a plan for once in this life. <laughs> But you know like, Scott like man if you could put your time into all this you could
1: have put some time into maybe getting some therapy you know, talking some, to your wife
0: some, you know do some couples therapy and you you guys would have probably have solved this problem already and
1: men men will <laughs> men will literally rather invent time travel <laughs> to go stop their their past selves <laughs> from getting in a relationship
0: oh no it's so funny because it's, it's like they had one of their arguments was basically about that and she's like, Oh god damn it, you actually did that. You invented time travel instead of going to therapy. I mean, <laughs> uh, technically
1: speaking it was the it was the Katanyagi twins that invented but it, time travel, but not he was Scott. The one who proposed but...
0: it, so it's like it was his idea in the first place.
1: But but there I, I love that bit where it's just like, Yeah, if I could go back to this Oh yes, actually you can do that. It's very easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we could pull it off. It's like, Oh then let's do that. <laughs> Oh, but, man. And so, but yeah, so
1: it's even oh. older Scott who has spent 10 years in isolation physically training his body.
0: Because <laughs> when, when we first see old Scott, he's kind of a, like, I would actually say he's, he's a pudgy older Scott with a big beard.
1: He, he's a regular 30 year old guy. He's a 30 year old guy who likes craft beer maybe a little too much.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, I'm going to say he looked very nice. Like if, if it was nice. I... like if, if things went better with Ramona up until that point, he'd probably be like a very jovial, like, oh, he would have been Santa for the kids.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, like Scott, Scott would be a grill dad for he sure. so be
0: a grill dad. <laughs> but what's so great about it, though, is that then even older Scott, who basically turns into evil Ryu, but old. Yeah. technically he's Akuma.
1: And he's fucking yoked. He's
0: yoked as hell because he spent the past. He spent like ten. He's forty-seven. He spent ten years training.
1: And and I I lost my shit at the forty-seven bit because he he looks like he's in his sixties. Well, that's what happens
0: when you train for ten years straight. <laughs> apparently,
1: I that that gave me the giggles. But yeah, so older Scott's there, and he's pissed Mm -hmm. because it's like you foiled my plans fuck you you know i i figured out that i don't need to just stop you i need to stop the world so he he transports all of the people in the audience there to his future pocket dimension he's like i'm gonna fucking myrtleize all of you
0: (laughs) and he does like all the seven evil exes scott ramona everybody he even punches the hair highlights out of Nice's hair again. He does. <laughs> that is a running gag that will never not be funny. <laughs> and but that's the thing. What we learn is it's just like the problem here is that basically what we learn is is that Scott was just going through a rough patch, and he and, overreacted because. Well,
1: and I really. I enjoy too that they mentioned something about him being like the the big bad, and he's like, no, I'm the good guy, and he seems like genuinely distraught over this idea that he might be the one who's wrong, and it's like, mm, yep, 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 and I think it, I think this show did a nice job, kind of like subtly calling out the sort of dude who really like. Related to Scott Pilgrim, maybe too much in a way that missed the point.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, but also in turn, like a great point is Scott's like, "Do you think I want to turn into that?" No, no, thank you, no, 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 please no. I'd rather not. Yes, and
1: and then future Ramona shows up, and uh, uh once I saw like the wrinkles under the eyes, it's like yes,
0: actually make her look her age. She looks so good. The initial future I, Ramona still looks pretty young, probably because she took better care of herself than a certain somebody else.
1: <laughs> yes, older Ramona is a
0: baddie. <laughs> R- 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 Ramona's, I-, I believe you mean Ramona State has been a baddie her entire life and refuses to Well, but to I,
1: like I, I think I don't know. Like regular Ramona is just okay to me, but like older Ramona, it's like.
0: Yes. Which older Ramona there's two of them.
1: <laughs> the 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 oldest older Ramona.
0: because <laughs> The one with the wrinkles. Uh, older Ramona doesn't have wrinkles cuz she's only like 37. <laughs> but but like the 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 penultimate
1: older Ramona that we and see. And then
0: Ramona fuses with Ramona and they become Super Ramona and they're like Scott stop, you're being a dumbass. Just ass. just like
1: just like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is important, which is why I'm pretty sure that Yakuza reference is legit because there's a lot of Sega references in all of this. <laughs> of course it is <laughs> i think you're right by the way it's just it wasn't initially but now it definitely is bad Gideon grace wishes he was cool as kazuma kiryu
1: <laughs> yeah gideon's gonna go somewhere after his fight with matthew and sing baka mitai
0: <laughs> dome, dome, dome. Dome. can we get jason sportsman to do that
1: Oh my god! I I wonder if he has a cameo. I would pay him good money oh, to sing like five seconds of Bakumiti. <laughs> That'd
0: be great. But yeah, basically, what happens is ultimately Scott's like makes a vow of like, nope, don't want to be that. That guy's a miserable bastard and isn't having a good time. Oh,
1: and and it's it's kind of sad too because like future Ramona's like, you know, I still loved you. And he's like, "So can we get back
0: together?" She's like, "No, <laughs> no, not until you fix your problems." Because I still love you, but you need—you really need to go to therapy.
1: I, I just—I—I I thought it was really well done.
0: <sighs> yep. But though it is, so they... its funny. It's like, let me make my own choices. Like, bitch, I already know what your choices are. I am you. <laughs> it's <a kid>. like, <laughs> shit.
1: But but the Ramona's fuse and give present-day Scott some helpful advice, and then everybody returns to the theater, and the, the musicale concludes. It's good.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it also one thing we should give, also, even older Scott a point of credits. like, Ramona never clarified that Needed Space was just some time away from each other. Yes. Because once again, Ramona has a bad problem of running away from her problems <laughs> instead of confronting and dealing with them. Mhm. Because well, these are properly normally not perfect people. And so Scott Pilgrim takes off ends with a newly reformed sex bomb mom with new with now keyboardist knives chow a little bit happier kind of
1: yeah it's like i i was really happy with the ending because like it's there was definitely not a like return to status quo means everything's okay it's like there's some stuff that's still kind of the same but a lot of things have changed and they're probably going to keep changing and that's good because mm-hmm. that's if if you're The same person in your 20s that you are in your 30s. That's a horrible thing. So I liked the ending.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, someone said it very well. One of my mutuals in the the same Discord server I keep bringing up said it very well when when they said. They heard someone say, Scott Pilgrim, the comic book, is your 20s as viewed from your late 20s. Like your mid to late Mm -hmm. 20s. Scott Pilgrim Takes Off is your 20s as viewed by your 30s and 40s. True, and it it does a really interesting thing.
1: It's it's so true, and, and it's like I there's part of me who's like, so so a good friend of mine IRL is is a big Scott Pilgrim fan, yes. and he's he is 23 right now, and and I just like. I want to tell him it's like, man, I don't probably need to tell you this, but you should come back to this series 10 years from now and see how you feel. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's, it's so interesting.
0: It is definitely one of those series that feels very interesting to go through more than once. Yes. Especially as you get older.
1: I think I get more out of Scott Pilgrim now than I did when I was the age of a lot of the characters in this.
0: I think so, too. Because it's like, what's great about, like, yeah, certain characters got kind of this, this shaft in this adaptation, like, Lisa never shows up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, there's a whole-ass character who's just not here. There's whole-ass characters not here. Characters like... uh Who else is here? Uh, Mr. Chow never shows up. Lisa Miller never shows up. Negascot isn't a concept? Sort of. But, like, I I think...
1: The word that comes to mind in terms of this series is efficient. It's a very efficient, lean use of time and space that they're given... It's eight 30-minute episodes, and it uses them very well.
0: Yeah, and it, it does its job, and as a... As an adaptation, but more accurately, an expansion. An expansion's
1: a good word.
0: As an expansion to the original, I think it's really... It, this was needed.
1: Majorly so. I I feel like this improved upon the source material Mm -hmm. and yeah because like i've i think one of those things that it's like scott pilgrim has always been one of those things that i've enjoyed it like i've unquestionably enjoyed it but i've also had weird feelings about for some of the stuff i've mentioned before and i think this has taken a lot of that and it's like it's it just feels more mature. It's it's a more matured conclusion to the series, yeah, and that's
0: great. It's definitely a case of Scott Pilgrim grew up like Brandon Lee O'Malley is like in his forties now, and it shows. Yeah. and it's and I, it's good.
1: And it does just a magnificent job of capturing that like early twenties kind of, I don't know. I I think when, when you are in your early twenties, it's very comparable to being a small baby and kind of having a myopic view of the world. Not because 20 somethings are like evil or narcissistic, but because like you are fighting for your life. You have just become an adult and you have uh, no idea what the hell's going on. So really you're really. going to be a little self-centered. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, like, I think a big part of that is, like, you you basically, when you turn 18, or whatever is legally construed as an adult in your country, mm-hmm. you have to kind of start over. Yeah. Like, because suddenly, you're now in a, you're, you're a brand new adult, and there's suddenly all these adult things you have to do for the first time that you never had to do before, and it's like, it, it's like resetting yourself. And a big part of I think Scott Pilgrim captures that aspect very, and
1: well. that kind of like developing fledgling personality and sense of identity, and the like. Maybe this sounds like pretentious, but like the the, the who am I? Mm-hmm. And it's like the your early twenties is a very pretentious time to be alive, <laughs> but. I, I really loved this. I uh, thank you for you know being adamant that we watch this because
0: be. I really this is one of the rare times we didn't watch it together, because I would started and watching I... it uh, basically on my own, and I'm like Sardo, you need to watch this.
1: <laughs> like, I'll be real. I'm I'm kind of glad that I like took my own time with this because I don't know. I just like.
0: It felt good to just digest it. As much as we enjoy watching shit together, and we do.
1: I I always enjoy your company, but this was a good thing to just process on my own.
0: Yeah, this was a good thing just to process and like, oh, here we are together doing our own. We got to watch it. We're probably going to watch something new later. I don't know. But really, I think ultimately we liked it. You should if you read the comic you should watch this if you did not read the comic read the comic then watch this because
1: yes and also just a a warning to to both both kinds of uh future watchers don't go into this expecting a straight up blow by blow adaptation it's not this is this is something new
0: yeah and always remember wallace wells turned todd ingram incredibly gay for him and it is one of the funniest things that ever happened
1: Wallace Wells made Todd Ingram have an awakening.
0: And it is uh, that that's great. my it's great in the epilog when he meets his, his his husband it's like oh shit sparks goddamn the realness.
1: <laughs> I I want to retitle this series Todd Ingram Awakening. <laughs>
0: uh, it's great. But yeah, really I think the best way to sum it up is if you if you are a fan of Scott Pilgrim you should watch this. If you think it. this sounds neat, read Scott Pilgrim and then watch this because it doesn't really talk about Scott very much so it's going to be kind of weird.
1: And if you have no idea what or who the hell Scott Pilgrim is, but you really like beautiful animation and good music, watch it. Give it a shot.
0: Oh, it is it is very well animated.
1: It This was gorgeous. I I really... Like, I this this was kind of a it was a hot tub of, of a viewing experience because it's like I just want to sit here and soak this in
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: but yeah I, I feel like that about wraps it up for Scott Pilgrim takes off
0: yeah a title where it, the title is shockingly literal
1: uh, another banger viewing suggestion thank you Strauss
0: yeah, absolutely. Um yeah so what the hell have you been watching, Sardo?
1: Uh, other than this, about. I've not been watching a whole lot. I, I I'm making my way towards the end of Baldur's Gate 3. I just killed Orin, I just uh dispatched the Iron Throne, so that's been fun. But in reading world, mm-hmm. I started a manga called Hunting in Another World with My Elf Wife. How is it? <laughs> Allow me to explain. Um, You know, it's not bad so far, actually. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so the, the premise is that this, like, young man, like, who's, like, a, a hunter, he's a hunting enthusiast, he he gets mauled by a bear and dies. And, of course, in the isekai trend, he gets reincarnated into, into a fantasy world and this this young elf woman rescues him and and they kind of have like they they have like the sparks for each other from the beginning and like some stuff happens where in in elven culture it's like this thing of well you know my i i i have all these daughters and this daughter the one who rescued you is the least likely to, to get married off so since you know since you found her and you have this bond You know marry her and go off on adventures and it i'm I'm not doing it probably any sort of justice by describing it this way but it's actually kind of a cute story because it's like the the main couple like clearly has a good dynamic and the the elf lady is like way taller than this guy so that's always fun
0: i'll I'll see i'll probably check it out at some point maybe
1: it's it's actually (laughs) kind of cute i i sort of dig it it's it's fun (laughs)
0: I, on the other hand, <laughs> have had a very interesting week, because I started my week with something interesting happening. You already know what it is. Mm-hmm. We need uh, well, a brief moment of, I didn't expect Kazuma Kiryu to force his way onto the most exclusive list in gaming history of the games that made Strauss cry. It's another one. We, <laughs> you, four. You had me watch... Number four. Number four. And somehow, some way ended up being the mid-cool game. The man who erased his name. Who would have guessed? I didn't.
1: I I'm gonna have to play this game at some point. I think maybe once I'm done with my my first tav run on Baldur's Gate, maybe then I'll pick it up if I'm not still playing Baldur's Gate. Yeah. But it's it's good.
0: It's it's effective. It's shit (laughs) yeah no it's just so funny i was not like i was not going into this game expecting to feel any deep-seated emotions yet here i am
1: who would have thought the game that gave us nishitani 3 could also make us cry
0: (laughs) and like you know the best part is there's now a whole like like genre of videos for this game specifically of various jurors being like, I'm a, I can't emotionally recover from this. You've probably seen the clips. Oh <laughs> yes, yes, off. I it's have. Like, everyone is like, I wasn't ready, and none of us are. <laughs> no none of one us was will ever. Per- be no ready. one was emotionally or mentally prepared for Cosmic Curie to break, to break us. Truly, he is one of a kind. So, like, I'm. I'm there
1: on a Monday night, sitting in the kitchen, minding my own business. Or Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night, yeah. and, and it's like you know, I'm I'm having a good day, and you're like, "Hey, Sardo, want to check something out?" And and then, and then you you send me a link, and that link goes and punches me directly in in the dick of my heart.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, man. And and. It's a lot. It was. I was not expecting the man who erased his name to be to enter as number four on this. On so to give you an idea here, Sardo, real quick. That list had originally three games on it. Valiant Hearts: The Great War. I'm not sure if you ever played that, but the ending to that just emotionally shamed to me. Then came uh, Undertale.
1: Understandable,
0: and then came Near Automata, which technically has the special distinction of technically being twice.
1: Also understandable,
0: but I, I asterisks on that twice because what technically one of that is for nears for near stuff. That uh, you know which side quest.
1: I do, I do. Yeah, and and my you know side. you asked me like what my list was. Uh, near Gestalt was definitely one of those games that made me cry
0: (laughs) but yeah yeah. it was just so funny to go through that it's like well didn't expect this to be on the list but here we are and here we are so yeah that that was my week was being emotionally devastated Kazuma
1: Kiryu continues to be one of the most heartbreaking dudes of all time
0: he's a dude of all time But folks, thank you all for coming. Uh, this is the Skelson Crew podcast. You can follow Sardo here at Marky Belisle account. The uh, Autopsy,
1: Autopsy Garland's Garland. is my main. I'm gonna really look forward to drawing this thumbnail. I am. I've. I've got plans. Oh, stoked. I'm
0: stoked. So this is great. I'm stoked. Uh, also in turn, Uncle Death on Blue Sky. Uncle Death will be stripped on twitch with the k both cases will be streaming tonight when this episode comes out i'll be there at six thirty p.m mountain standard time and ah. 8 3 p.m eastern standard time i'm all my straws at every social media platform that i'm still on and uh yeah uh,
1: you should follow strass yeah. he streams on tuesdays thursdays sundays same time i do 8:30 eastern standard time you play video games we're playing persona 5 tactica right now
0: yeah um, apparently i think we're already halfway done
1: damn
0: yeah it's, it's not a very long game
1: huh but yeah th- thanks for being here thanks for listening i hope you have a good night day whatever time it is where you're at
0: also, be well. uh, you could uh, email us at skeletoncrewpodcast@gmail.com at gmail dot com if you want I, stuff in.
1: We're open to ideas for episodes, stuff to do. My mom
0: sent us a suggestion. We might do that at some point. Hell yeah! Yeah. But in the meantime, folks, you all have a good, wonderful, whatever time it is where you're at. I don't and know when you're well. listening to this.
1: And remember, uh, gelato isn't vegan.
0: <laughs> it's not vegan. You'll lose your vegan Milk
1: and powers. eggs, bitch. <laughs> Milk and eggs, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye.